John chapter 18 is where we're going to be, the scripture that we read where Jesus is in front of Pilate and going through the whole trial and doing all those different things. And that one verse that we looked at where it says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me, Jesus said. So everyone on the side of truth listens to Jesus and Pilate even says, what is truth? This one word stands out in John's gospel. Uh, as you read through the Gospel of John, it just keeps repeating itself over and over again. So you have to ask yourself the question, if John keeps bringing this up, and he keeps talking about this one word, truth, what is it God is trying to tell us? What does he want us to hear? So let me ask you this question. How many of you like to be told the truth? I mean, preferably, right? If you ask somebody a question and you want an answer, you don't want to lie. You want the truth, even though sometimes we don't want to hear the truth, right? And a lot of times we don't ask the question if we know what the answer is going to be. If it's going to be an answer we don't like, we don't ask. You know, so it's one of those ideas that if you want to know the answer to the question, make sure you're ready to hear the truth, right? Hold on to that thought, because that's not always the way it is, is it? Guys, when your wife asks you, does this dress make me look fat, don't answer. They don't want to hear the truth, okay? And I kind of joke with joke with Sandra, not that, not saying that, just joking with her, I was going to use this illustration. See, I'm doing myself a hole right here. I almost say, it's not the dress's fault. You know, why are we blaming the dress, you know, type thing. Sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. Guys are the same way when we're driving. And you ask us, do you know where we're going? Yes, we do. May not know how to get there, but we know where we're going. Okay? We may have gone around the same block 15 times, but we're going to get there eventually. You see, we, we don't always want to know the truth. First thing in your outline says this. When we hear the truth from God, it is not always what we would like to hear. Okay? Because we're talking more than directions. We're talking more than the clothes we may wear. You see, when Jesus came to us, when he came to us, he came as truth. But it also says he came in grace and truth. There's grace added into that. When we look at this word truth in John, we discover that he uses this word more than any other gospel. Over 90 times in this Gospel of John, this word occurs, the word truth. John 1.14 says this, The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.17 says, The law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. John 3.21, He who practices the truth comes into the light that what he has done may be clearly seeing that they have been done through God. You know, so just a few examples of all the times John uses this word truth. You see, those who live by truth come to Jesus, but those who wish to live by their own desires simply do not. That's why Jesus said those on the side of the truth listen to him. Because we want the truth. We want to know exactly what's going on. We don't want somebody giving us what we want to hear. We don't want somebody flowering it up, making it smell better or look better. If we want the truth, 
then we got to be ready to receive the truth. John 4, 23 and 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Being honest with ourselves. John 5.33 says, You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. So what was John's testimony? So if John is testifying to this truth that after Jesus came to him, simply the testimony was this. It was that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away our sin, who makes us clean, who makes us white. You see, Jesus is the Son of God who was anointed by the Holy Spirit. So in John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, he said, if you continue in my word, continue studying, continue listening to my word, then you were truly disciples of mine, he says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you, or another translation says, will set you free. That's what truth does when we are ready to hear it. You see, truth has a freeing quality to it. And the only way to know the truth is to know Jesus Christ and follow his teachings. In other words, we not only hear the Bible and understand the Bible, but we do what the Bible says. We apply it to our life. John 8, 44 and 45 says this, You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you don't believe me. See, so many times when we hear a lie over and over and over again, what does it become to us? It becomes truth. If we do something more and more, pretty soon it becomes acceptable. That acceptance becomes part of our life even though it's still a lie or even though it's still a sin, we accept it as truth. Why is it so easy to listen to and believe lies? It's a good question. Why is it so easy to believe those? Why is the truth of God so difficult for so many to accept and embrace? You know, we hear God's truth every Sunday. We hear God's truth and we read God's truth and we do our devotions and we do those things or we listen to the radio or do all that. We still hear God's truth and we say, well, that's nice. But then we turn it over to another station, a non-Christian station, and we hear what they're saying and we believe them about what's going on. But what we heard earlier on the Christian station, we find it hard to believe. Not by vocally saying it, but in our hearts, we just don't grab onto it. And it may be something specifically God is telling us that we need to do. John 8, 46 through 47, which is what convicts you of sin. He says, if I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the word of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. We're not connected to him. And Jesus asked his audience to reveal any sin in his life, any sin. But the scripture says they cannot. Then he reveals this terrible truth. When people reject the word of God, it is because they are not of God. Because we're not connected to God. 
And we've got to kind of grab onto this. We've got to kind of understand this because we'll say we want to hear the truth. You all admitted to that earlier. When I said you want to know the truth, we said, yeah, everybody said kind of naughty. We agreed with that. But now you're kind of questioning it, aren't you, maybe? Now, wait a minute, Kurt. If I got to believe the truth, if I got to hear what you're saying and I got to believe what God is saying and I got to apply it to my life, there's some things in my life I got to change. There's maybe some things over here I'm not supposed to be doing. Maybe it's time to start changing a little bit. And what do we say about change? The only ones that need to be changed are the babies in the nursery. It's not me. Because I've believed the lies so much that they become truth to me. And once we become truth, we get grounded in them. Once we get grounded in them, we stand firm in them, then it's hard to move off that truth, even though it's built on a lie and it never was a truth. Why do people not believe in Jesus today? I mean, let's think outside the church, outside the box here. The people of the world, why don't they believe in Jesus today? Is he a liar? Some people have called him a lunatic. Is he simply this legend that we refuse to let go by the wayside? No, it's none of those things. You see, Jesus is the truth, and that's what we're saying to reject Jesus is to reject reality. The Bible says truth became flesh, and it says that truth that became flesh dwelt among us. Grace and truth is personified. It's made personal. He became one of us to live among us. If you remember, truth was born in Bethlehem. He grew up and spoke the word of God to us. Jesus said, I have kept them in my word, and the word is truth. You see, he came here and lived here and said to us, I am the way and what? I am the truth and the life. It says, no one comes to the Father except through me. The way, the truth, and the life. So what proof could be given that Jesus is indeed the truth? How about if he was crucified and resurrected on the third day? Is that truth enough for us to believe in what he is saying? You see, only those who believe the witnesses that saw him, and maybe you're saying, well, yeah, some people saw them, but that could have been a dream, or that could just be a story or a tradition that's handed down over the years. You see, the Scripture also tells us one day, talking about this truth, one day it says, every eye will see him, and we'll see the nail-pierced side. One day every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It says everybody will. But we have to be ready for that day. The truth will eventually become universally confessed. But for those who resist it, it's going to be forced upon us. Because one day when we face that judgment seat, we will bow before the Father. We will say at that point in time, yes, you are truth. You are life. You are light. That the way was through you. But at some point when we face that judgment, if we've made that decision today, it's too late. The only thing left is that fearful judgment of fire. But Jesus' disciples who saw him, who listened to him, who understood who he was in this life, and they began to follow him, did they understand him fully? I mean, all the guys that followed and went with Jesus and saw him do the miracles, did they fully understand him? No. Did they enjoy everything he said to them? I can guarantee you no. But they, did they commit their lives to him? Yes, they did. Even though they didn't fully understand, 
Even though they didn't fully like what he said to them, they still committed their lives to him. You see, when we commit our lives to Jesus, you are committing to the love and the truth and the reality of who Jesus is. Truth and faithfulness and love all go together in the scripture. Jesus told the disciples, I'm going away and I will send you the comforter to you. That is the spirit of truth, he says. He will guide you in all truth. The world does not see him or know him. So the world's not going to see the truth. The world's not going to see the love. The world's not going to see those things. But because of who we are, believers, we will see it. You see, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be in us, to abide in us. And all those who are given the Holy Spirit are the ones that should be testifying to this truth. Because Jesus said, he will testify about me that the Spirit will testify. So if we believed in Jesus, we've accepted Jesus, we've done all those things that Jesus has asked us to do, we have that Holy Spirit in us. So, so many times we'll say, well, I'm just not comfortable sharing my faith. I'm not comfortable doing these things. But we have to understand it's not us, it's the Spirit in us that testifies to Jesus. We don't have to have all the right answers. We just have to take the opportunity to share what Jesus has done to us. And you see what happens then is that spirit is testifying about who he is. You see, the greatest treasure of heaven, Jesus, God's truth, which is ours by faith, is also the greatest threat to the world. Because if the world would catch on to this, it would change the world like we've never seen. The world will hate you for holding on to this truth. The world's going to hate us for having this in our heart. The world is going to hate us for speaking the truth with our mouths. Why? Because the world hates the truth. And I'm going to tell you right here, right now, even with some things in our life, and in my life, you know, when I hear the truth, I don't always like it. But it's still truth. And when we start sharing God's love, and what sin is, and what's wrong with the world. Is the world going to like it? Just watch the news, folks. They're not going to like it because they don't want to hear the truth, but they need to hear it. All that is about us, and all that is about truth is life and peace. But I want you to understand, Jesus gave us this truth. Jesus came to give us truth. Jesus prayed, Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. To be sanctified in this truth. In John 18, the gospel joins Matthew, Mark, and Luke, again telling the story of Jesus, of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. There are differences in these accounts when you read through them, but you can fill in the gaps. You can see all the events. It's like several snapshots of Jesus' life all put together in comments. Different people saw different viewpoints and they explained those snapshots. But all the characters of this story make this contribution to who Jesus is. And they all make the same references to who he is. So we can believe what this truth is and what it must have looked like. When we look at Peter, and I think Peter probably saw Jesus probably more clearly than a lot of them. I mean, you look at Peter, and how many times did he mess up? How many times did Jesus ask him to do something? And as Peter got out of the boat and walked on water, and how awesome that was, but we always remember he sunk. But I always remember he got out of the boat. But when you look at Peter, 
And you're looking at this Easter story, and I know we're not initiate, but it's still the Easter story where Peter denies Jesus three times. And this still blows me away. I mean, here's Peter. He's gone with Jesus. He's walked with Jesus. He's watched Jesus do all these miracles. And Peter even is fighting for Jesus in the garden. You're not going to do this. You're not going to take Jesus. And he does all these things. And Jesus finally tells Peter, you don't have a choice. This is what's going to happen. But Peter says in Luke what it must have been like for it to be Peter. And sometimes when we look at the truth, the truth crashes in on Peter and on Peter's face, and Peter's face tells us what lies will do. Even to somebody like Peter, and maybe even to like us. You see, truth is reality. Truth is reality. And when you look at Peter and that person asking by that fire with all these other people, weren't you one of those with Jesus? And Peter says, no, 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 I wasn't. I wasn't one of them. That's the first lie. The second time, weren't you one of, no, 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 that wasn't me. Then that third time, and he heard the rooster crow. And in my mind, I think Jesus is just at a distance, but Jesus can see him. I think Peter says, no, 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 I'm not. And here's that crow once again. And he looks and he sees Jesus' face. And Peter knew right then he lied. And I think the expression on probably Peter's face was probably going, I just blew it. I just blew it. How many times have we said that in our life? We've let one, two, three lies think we've blown it all. But what did Jesus do with Peter? Again, picked him back up. You're still Peter. I'm still building my church upon your confession. He still used Peter. You see, the reality is like a wall in a building. And, you know, think of a big block wall. You can tell, let's say if this is a big block wall over here made of cement cinders and it's reinforced with steel, you can say, yeah, I know there's a block wall there, but I believe I can run hard enough and fast enough to break through that wall. Okay? I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you tell yourself. I don't care how stupid you are. You're not going to be able to run fast enough, hard enough to break through that wall. Now, there are some people I'd like to see try, to be truthful. I would say, Ben, come on, buddy. Go ahead, do it. I, I, I would love to see you, you know, because he's big enough to do it. He's not dumb enough to do it. He's big enough to at least try. Joyce, don't say anything. <laughs> she looked right at you, Ben, when I said that. I don't know why. You can tell yourself all you want. I can break through that wall but it's not going to happen because the truth is that wall is stronger than you are. Just really quickly, look at Pilate's denial of truth. Pilate asked, are you a king? Are you a king? And Jesus said, are you asking this for yourself or did others tell you about me? Pilate said, I'm a Jew, your own nation, and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not here. Pilate, are you a king then? 
I mean, Pilate still can't get it through his head. Jesus says, you are right in saying that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Then Pilate finally asked the right question. What is truth? You see, Jesus basically appears, appeals to Pilate's sense of reality. Jesus knows Pilate. He knows what is in his heart, but Pilate still has this amazing opportunity. Standing in the presence of the one who is truth, Pilate is issued an invitation to hear from God and recognize this ultimate reality. Instead, Pilate reveals his own confusion as he remains in the illusion of a liar's grasp of what is truth. Pilate could have easily gone before the people and said, I find no fault, and he did, and let Jesus go but he was still in the trap. Who is truth, Pilate should have asked. And Jesus, I think, would have said, it is I. I think Jesus said, it is me. He stands in there face to face with the one who said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. God made flesh, truth personified. If you want to know truth, we must accept Jesus. If you reject, reject Jesus and his words, you will follow a lie. You'll follow what's not truth. You'll follow anything but Jesus. So what kept Pilate from seeing Jesus as truth? I want to close with this. What kept Pilate from seeing Jesus as truth? I think we see it in Pilate, but I think we see it in ourselves too. Number one, it was his pride. His pride kept him from seeing Jesus as truth. And Pilate nursed that pride, okay? He just kind of kept it going. He wasn't willing to let it go. Secondly, it was his own power, which he protected. You see, we each have a choice to accept that truth. We have a choice to know what truth is, to know who truth is. And we often protect that power. The third was his fear, which he was controlled by that fear. Because so many times if we think we're going to accept Jesus and we want to do what Jesus asks us to do, we start asking, what are these what ifs? Well, what if I do this? What if I understand what truth is a little bit more for my life? What if I do this and I don't want to change or listen folks don't be like Pilate don't close your eyes to the truth and remain in the confusion of lies and illusion look to Jesus and we need to believe on him why because now is the time now is the place to truly understand who truth is and the truth is only found in Jesus Christ you see this morning we have an opportunity to accept all that Jesus is. We have that opportunity to take that step of faith and to give that great confession and to be baptized and to receive that gift of the Holy Spirit that he gives to us. That's kind of that filter that we need to look through the truth and look through the lies and make sure we're seeing what truth really is and who truth really is. And I'm going to tell you right here, right now, a lot of people will say, you know, you, know, you kind of got to look at you know, the preacher. He's always going to tell you the truth. Not all preachers do, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. Not all preachers do. I try. I mean, I, I, re I really, really do. 
That's why I give you an outline. That's why I give you the scriptures. I want you to go read. I want you to go look for yourselves. If you ever find anything that doesn't agree with what I've said, I want you to come tell me. And, and I guarantee you, I don't like the truth a lot of times, but I'm wrong every once in a while, more times than I like to admit. But you will always find the truth in God's word.